own blood. That wasn't your decision. Somewhere along the line, your mother and father got together, and with God's blessing, that's when you took on human flesh and blood. But God, God did have a choice. And he did it. That he took on flesh for you and for me. And, and that maybe just is, is mind-boggling when you think about what, what happened in order for, for that to be accomplished. Not just, not just the virgin birth, as miraculous as that is. But when you think of, of God becoming flesh, the, it wasn't just him stepping down one rung on the ladder, right? Going from God to mini-God. Or going from God to angel. Uh, the Bible, and if you look at Hebrews there, it says, he made himself lower than the angels. That the creator actually made himself lower than one of his creatures or some of his creatures. What an expression of, of commitment and love. That, that he was willing to do that for you and for me. That here you have, here you have God who is eternal. Never bound by a clock, never bound by a calendar. But all of a sudden, he takes on flesh. And now he's, he finds himself on our timeline where he's dealing with schedules and he's dealing with calendars and he's dealing with clocks and he's measuring his days and months and years here on this earth. Or you have the omnipotent, the one who holds the whole world in his hands. And he takes on flesh. This all-powerful God takes on flesh, and he can't even hold his head up by himself. And he has to be held by a, a young woman. Or the omniscient, the all-knowing God who, who knows exactly what's happening all over, confines himself to a baby where the only way that he can communicate early on is by crying to let other people know what he wants or needs. Or, or you think of the omnipresent God, the God who is everywhere, allows himself to be corralled in a manger. You could really argue that the incarnation, that God taking on flesh, is the greatest expression of commitment or love that God shows. Because as soon as he takes on flesh, he's committed, right? He said, I'm all in. Uh, it's irreversible. Uh, he, he couldn't go back. And so that, that babe of Bethlehem is God's promise to you that I'm committed to you, that I'm all in. So, so celebrate that that beautiful four-word phrase here, the word became flesh. But he doesn't stop there, does he? As significant as the incarnation is that the word became flesh, just as significant is the second half of that verse. And made his dwelling among us. That God decided to stay here. That is pretty fascinating when you really think about it. Uh, you know, that, 
that maybe you've done this before. Have you ever gone into a place where you just turned right around? You know, you, you go out, maybe you're going out to a restaurant for Christmas dinner today, and you walk in and the place just reeks, and it's just filthy, and you see a rat run out of the kitchen. Are you staying there? Probably not, right? Or you walk into a hotel room, and there's drool on the pillow and hair in the sink and a, a mouse this time with droppings, and you see the mouse. Are you staying there? Probably not. Not even probably not. You're not. I know some of you have had the opportunity to, to house hunt, right? And, and maybe you're going through all these houses, and you, you're, you're in and out, in and out, and you walk into one house, and you take two steps, and you say, nope, I'm, I'm not, not for me, right? Now think about Jesus left the glories of heaven. And Jesus is, is the one who is, is the, has the, the, the light of life. And he walks into this dark world. He says, I'll stay here. that mind-boggling? When he th- and it's not like he was born into this, this beautiful, sterile hospital room, Right? I mean, he, he was born into this place that was, well, dirty, filthy. Uh, later on during communion, uh, there's a song uh, by the same authors or, or same composers of, like, In Christ Alone and Speak, O Lord. But they, uh, Getty Town, and they also wrote a song from the squalor. That's a great word. From the squalor of a borrowed stable came the Savior of the human race. From the filth of a stable. That's where Jesus was born. You know, that, and that you think about it, that his first pillow had animal drool on it. And he stayed. Now, granted, he didn't stay forever, right? He didn't stay in that stable forever. He didn't stay on this earth forever. Uh, eventually, when his, everything that he had set out to do was accomplished, he, he returned to heaven 33 years later. But 33 years later, he didn't just... Walk in two steps and say, nope. And, and it's not like his life got much better after he, he was born. I mean, within months of being born, there's a bounty on his head. And so Jesus and his family have to flee the country. And when they return, do you remember where they live? They live in Nazareth. You know what Nazareth is like? I mean, its reputation was Nazareth. What good can come from Nazareth? Uh, just a dirty old town. Uh, he, was, he was never accepted. Uh, you listen to these words again from the beginning of, of John 1, but it says, it says here, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I, I Put that into perspective. So again, maybe if you're celebrating uh, some Christmas holiday today, uh, so we're well, we'd be flying to my so tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, we're having a Christmas holiday at my parents' house, and my my brother and his family will be there, and my sister and her family will be there. And imagine if if I would walk in, and all my nieces and nephews and siblings and in-laws and parents, and they they kind of just stare at you and say, well, "Who are you?" Right? How would that make you feel? Or you look at all the presents underneath the tree and you see your name all over the place. 
but it only follows the word from. It never follows the word to. That's Jesus. He came to that which was his own, but they didn't welcome him. They didn't receive him. They didn't recognize him. And yet he stayed. And what's amazing about that, not only what he gave up to come to this and that he stayed, but that he could have left at any time. But he didn't. He had an enemies. You think of some of his religious enemies, the Pharisees. They, I mean, they made his life horrible. They were always jabbing at him, calling him a son of the devil. Could Jesus have left? Yes. Yes. But did he? No. When his mom is being a little bit of a nag, thinking she knows better than he does, hey, Jesus, they're out of line. Jesus could have left, but did he? No. He stayed. When, when some of his friends, one of his friends betrays him for, for what, 30 pieces of silver? And another friend denies even knowing him? Could Jesus have left? Yeah. But he stayed. When soldiers arrested him, mocked him, spit on him, put a crown of thorns on his head, beat him with clubs across his head, could Jesus have left? Yes. But he stayed. When onlookers saw him pinned to a cross and jeered, ah, if you're the son of man, jump on down from there. Could he have left? Yeah. But he stayed. When his own father turned his back on him and he cried out, my God, my God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? When, when Jesus was suffering hell, could he have left? Yeah. But he stayed. He made his dwelling among us. If he was willing to do that for those 33 years, what does that mean for us today? If he was willing to take on flesh and make his dwelling among us, that, that ought to assure us that he is just as committed to us today as he was then. The fact that he took on a human hand can assure you that he will hold your hand wherever you go. The fact that he took on human hair ought to assure us that he will care for you right down to the very number of hairs on your head. The fact that he took on human feet ought to assure us that he will walk with us wherever we go, even if it's through the darkest of valleys, even the valley of the shadow of death, because he's already walked through it. The fact that he took on a human heart ought to assure us that he will care for, for your, when your heart aches he shows compassion to you. The fact that the word became flesh 
is God's promise to you that he is committed, not just partway, but the whole way. That he is not just concerned about you spending eternity with him in heaven. Well, that's the ultimate goal. He also promises to be with you here on earth. And so enjoy. Enjoy every stage of life. Because whatever stage you're in, Jesus is there. And that is what allows us to have a Merry Christmas. Amen. Please stand now. Uh, we'll use a word.